All right, so there are eight scripture, eight verses in the scripture this morning that um, <laughs> we read. And I wanted you to hear all of it because I want you to understand that we all have different gifts, that we're all called to work together. But I'm really just going to focus on the first two. Joanne told a story this morning. We had a service out on the hill. It was beautiful and sunny, and uh, and I was giving actually this very same sermon. And, uh, oh, I was, I don't know, 10 minutes in, and I said, or 12, 10 or 12? I was in. I was in for a while to the sermon. And I said, verse 2, and Joanne said, Oh, when I heard you say verse 2 that deep into the sermon, I thought, oh, we're going to be here all day. <laughs> we're not. We're not going to be here all day. I'm just covering the first two because those are the ones that were screaming at me this week, okay? But I wanted you to hear the whole thing because you need to know it because I'm calling you to serve. Just right up front, I'm going to call you to step out and serve your God uh, with your life. So, all right, listen, folks, one of my favorite childhood memories was uh, Tuesday nights. My family would all load in the car. We would drive to spinning wheels, roller rink. Anybody ever go to spinning wheels, roller rink? Oh, yeah. Tuesdays was family night, and kids would get in for a dime, so that was really the only night that we could afford to go, and it was fun because they had all sorts of activities. They had an organist, remember, and he would play the organ while you would skate around in circles, a really awesome pizza. It's the only place other than church that I ever heard the organ played, and it just holds a place dear in my heart, but about halfway through the night at spinning wheels, they would stop the skating around in circles, and they would do like a couple of fun uh, family games since it was family night. We would all gather in the center of the rink. And who remembers this? They would do the hokey pokey. Oh, I love the hokey pokey on roller skates. You know, I was eight years old, so I wasn't all that coordinated. And I didn't probably look all smooth while I was doing it. But, you know, you, you, you try to balance on one skate while you put your right foot in and then you know, I would shake it all about like they told me to do. And, and then I would do the hokey pokey and turn myself around. Folks, that's what it's all about. Is it not? <laughs> but my favorite, favorite, favorite part of the hokey pokey on Tuesday nights was the very last verse. Because who remembers what you put in in the very last verse? You put your whole self in. You put your whole self in, you put your whole self out, you put your whole self in and you shake it all about. And I like to put your whole self in because when you're on roller skates, you know, it's not a balancing act trying to shake your foot, but you glide in. Everybody glide in and everybody glide out. And everybody glide back in. How much fun. I mean, come on, when you're eight years old, that was it. We were living the dream. But somehow it was easier to put your whole self in than it was to put, your, you know, your right foot or your left foot in. Um, but here's the thing. This memory, this song, makes me think of the scripture that we heard today. Because um, I think that Paul, in the scripture, is kind of saying what the hokey pokey caller said. Paul says, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer yourselves as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Offer yourselves as living sacrifices. That's how you worship, Paul says. I think in other words, Paul was saying, put your whole self in. You put your whole self in. Now you might be saying, Pastor Cindy, I put my whole self in the pew on Sunday mornings. That's worship, wouldn't you say? And I would say, yeah, 
yes and no, yes and no. And Paul, I think, would say the same thing. Coming here on Sunday mornings is part of putting your whole self in. It's true. But I believe, believe that Paul would tell you and me this morning that true and proper worship, the Greek word for that is latruo, true and proper worship that he's talking about involves not just coming here on Sunday mornings, but involves giving God a total commitment of your whole self, and guess what, for your whole life. So true and proper worship doesn't mean that you give God 45 or 60 minutes here on a Sunday morning and neglect him for the rest of the time when you're not in this building. But true and proper service means giving God all that you have and all that you are every minute that you exist. True and proper worship doesn't just involve saying the prayers here and reading the liturgy and standing up and sitting down and singing beautiful songs. No, true and proper worship happens when we confess our sin before a holy God, when we turn from that sin and then in view of the mercy that God has shown us, we say, here am I, just like we heard Isaiah do last week, to offer ourselves completely and wholeheartedly and uninterruptedly to God. True and proper worship, folks, does not just happen for one hour, one day a week. It doesn't just involve putting 10% in the envelope. It involves every minute of every day. True and proper worship calls for every cent. It demands every talent. True and proper worship is expressed in every deed, in every word, in every sacrifice, in every gift that we offer in order to glorify our God. Folks, true and proper worship means giving God the whole shebang. It is truly putting your whole self in. And why would we want to do that? Why would we want to put our whole self in by offering it to God in an act of worship? Paul gives us the number one reason why we should want to offer our whole selves to God. It's because of his mercy. Paul says, I urge you in view of God's mercy to offer yourself. You know, when you and I recognize all that God has done for us through his son, Jesus Christ, how, how could we respond any differently than to give all that we are and all that we have completely to him? He's the giver of grace. He's the restorer of life. He's the one who literally saved us. And because of that, folks, he deserves all that I have to give him. And when you and I understand, when we understand that we're sinners, and when we're reminded that our sin has eternal and deadly consequences, it puts things into a whole different perspective for us. Let's face it, friends, you and I, we deserve to die because of our sin. But instead, we were offered eternal life. We did not get what we deserve but by the unfathomable mercy of god we were given that which we didn't deserve that's grace and so i challenge us today to consider where would you be without the grace and mercy of our father in heaven how where would you be i almost can't wrap my mind around it because 
I was a filthy, guilty, wayward mess. And God had mercy on me and made me a clean, restored, beloved child with a purpose. When my life was in my hands, I got it all wrong. But when I put my whole self into God's hands, he made me all right. That's why I choose to put my whole self in. That's why I choose to offer myself as a living sacrifice. And what does it mean to be a living sacrifice? That refers back to the Old Testament times when a worshiper would offer an animal to God on the altar. And they did this, you'll remember, in order to receive God's mercy, right? But now in the New Testament, the worshiper has already received God's mercy because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And so in response to that, the believer offers himself or herself. And while in the Old Testament, the animal was killed before it was offered, now in Christ, when we offer ourselves, the offering has already received new life. Paul calls us, he urges us and calls us to devote that new life wholly to the one who purchased it for us. Now, I attended a breakfast, well, probably two or three years ago with a bunch of clergy from our district, and the guest speaker was our district's missionary to the Congo. His name was David, and he told a story about how in the church service in the village where he was ministering, they would collect the offering. He said they had a great big hand-woven basket, and they would put it right about here where I'm standing at the front of the aisle. And the music would play, and and the people would celebrate, and they would dance their way down the aisle, and they would put their money in the basket, and then they would dance off to the side. And it was all very celebratory, but he told us that there was a woman one time who had no money. She was destitute, and she did not have any money to put in the basket. And so she danced her way down the aisle, and she herself stepped into the basket and stood there, and she wept. This woman had no money to offer to her God who had shown her such grace and mercy. And so she offered what she had. She offered herself. She put her whole self in as an offering to God. And to this day, she still serves God in that village in the Congo. And I think that's a beautiful example of what it means to be a living sacrifice. You know, once a woman asked her pastor, she said, what does it mean to be a living sacrifice? I don't get that. And he held up a blank sheet of paper and he said, it's to sign your name at the bottom of this paper and then let God fill in whatever he wills. That's what Paul had in mind when he told the Roman church and when he tells us to offer yourselves as living sacrifices. And so I wonder... What does it look like for the members of Mount Hope United Methodist Church to offer ourselves as living sacrifice? I tell you, it's going to look different for each and every person who hears these words today because God has gifted us and he has called us all in very unique and different ways. And so my question for you today is, are you willing to let God fill your time? Are you willing to let God use your talents as he will? 
Are you willing to sign your name on the bottom line and allow God to fill in your life as he wills? Will you give God all that which he calls you to give in view of his mercy? Will you put your whole self in? And will you put yourself whole, you know, will you put your whole self in all of the time? Offering ourselves as a living sacrifice doesn't mean just showing up here for an hour a week. Being a living sacrifice means our worship moves from this place out into the world. It means that our worship moves from this hour of gathering to every moment that we live after it until we come back. It means allowing every moment, every activity, every relationship, every task, every opportunity to in some way honor the God who showed us such mercy. It means that you offer your time and your service, not just here in the church, but also at the altar, in the home, at the school, in the garden, in the restaurant, at the street. True and proper worship affects everything we do, everywhere we are, every moment of the day, not just the church activity. True and proper worship is life activity. I love the way A.W. Tozer put it. He said, if you will not worship God seven days a week, don't bother worshiping God one day a week. Folks, you're, you and I are called to honor God in all that we do. And I love it that God allows us to serve him in some way each and every single day. I'm so inspired when I look around this church and I see the people who are offering themselves to serve. I have friends at work who outside of their church services are ministering and speaking God's love to addicted patients. They're living out their sacrifices even outside of the church. And so I ask you how and when and where is God calling you to offer yourself? I know he's calling you. And if he's not speaking to you right this moment, you keep your ears open because he's going to speak to you. Verse 2 continues like this. Do not conform the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to attest and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. Friends, when you and I put our whole selves in, when we worship God by offering ourselves as holy and living sacrifices, that's reflected in how we look as we live. Paul says, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. People who put their whole selves in, Guess what? We can live in this world without being molded to it, and that is a good thing. We are distinct, and the world can see when they look at us that we serve a holy God because of the way God transforms us. He makes us a new person. We are changed from people who are self-centered to those who live as they are Christ-centered. And rather than letting the world squeeze us into its mold, we allow Christ to shape us into his likeness. We are transformed when we put our whole self in. Worship starts here. It does start here. But true and proper worship, well, that continues even after we leave this place. 
And it enables us to honor our God through service every minute of every day. And it assists us in our transformation to Christ-likeness. So, folks, I urge you today in view of God's mercy shown to you, go ahead and put your whole self in. Let him help you turn yourself around because that's what it's all about. Amen. Let's worship the Lord at this time by presenting our tithes and our offerings.